0: Today on the newscast, big news on the Israel-Ukraine front and Russia likely will not be happy. Speaking of Russia, a top Putin ally is once again threatening nuclear war. Is he bluffing? Get my take next. Folks, Eric Stackelbeck here. Welcome to the Watchman Newscast. We've told you here on the newscast really over the past 11 months since Russia invaded Ukraine that Israel has been trying to strike a very delicate balance between Ukraine and Russia, really making neither side happy. That delicate balance may be about to undergo a big change, and I don't think Russia is going to be very happy about it. I'm going to break it down in a minute. Before I do, I just want to encourage you to subscribe to the Watchmen News Channel right here on YouTube and click the notification bell so you get alerts every time a new video is posted. Folks, there is so much going on in the world right now, in particular in the world's most volatile and strategic region, the Middle East, that you do not want to miss a single newscast. So be sure to subscribe. We'd love to have you here with us as Watchmen and Women on the Wall for such a time as this troubling times in the Israel-Russia relationship. We have detailed it here in the newscast, the unraveling, really, of that relationship since Russia invaded Ukraine. And now, folks, today, breaking news, a very interesting development. Israel's foreign minister, Eli Cohen, new foreign minister, part of this new government led by Benjamin Netanyahu, he held a call today with his Ukrainian counterpart, the Ukrainian foreign minister, and Eli Cohen pledged to visit Ukraine. Now, you might say, well, what's the big deal? A lot of leaders, world leaders have visited Ukraine over the past 11 months, but this will be the highest-ranking Israeli leader to visit Ukraine during that time span. So it's a very major deal. Again, this is the foreign minister, one of the top, top officials in this new Israeli government. Not only that, Eli Cohen pledged that Israel would reopen its embassy in Kiev. Now, over the past 11 months, Israel has had sort of a temporary embassy in Poland with people kind of shuttling back and forth, but he's promising within the next 60 days, a full-time reopening of the Israeli embassy in Kiev. Now, a few things to consider here. Number one, Ukraine has been very critical of Israel over the months because Ukraine has wanted, in particular, Iron Dome, Israel's missile defense system, to defend against Russian missile attacks. They've wanted all sorts of Israeli military hardware, and essentially they've wanted Israel to take a more publicly pro-Ukraine position. And they were also not too happy when Eli Cohen, the brand new foreign minister, one of his first calls upon taking office was with the Russian foreign minister, Sergei Lavrov, about two weeks ago. Ukraine wasn't happy about that. Ukraine has even taken some not-so-friendly stances toward Israel at the UN over the past few months. So there has been tension there, uh, no doubt. Why is Israel kind of keeping, I don't want to say complete arm's length from Ukraine, but again, striking that delicate balance? Israel has provided a good deal of humanitarian aid to Kiev, no doubt. It's all about Syria, folks. It's real simple. And we talked about this on yesterday's Watchmen newscast live stream. We went for an hour live and we took your questions. So be sure to check that out in our archives under newscasts. For Israel, remember, Russia controls the skies above Syria at Israel's doorstep. Why is Syria so crucial to Israel's national defense? Well, the Iranian regime and Hezbollah, as we have detailed many, many times here on the newscast are attempting to set up shop in Syria at Israel's doorstep, attempting to transit advanced weapons through Syria into the hands of Hezbollah and essentially have a forward base, a beachhead from which they can strike the Jewish state. They want to duplicate in Syria what they have established in southern Lebanon with Hezbollah. Just a reminder there, folks, Hezbollah wields some 150 thousand rockets and missiles pointed at every inch of the Jewish state. Not only that, thousands, tens of thousands of foot soldiers and every intent to invade the Galilee in that coming war with Israel. So a nightmare situation in southern Lebanon. Iran and Hezbollah, again, want to copy that in Syria. Israel says no way. That's a red line for us. So you've seen hundreds upon hundreds of Israeli airstrikes against Iranian and Hezbollah assets in Syria, over the past decade plus, Benjamin Netanyahu, the brand new, once again, Israeli prime minister. He was the architect of that Israeli, they call it the war between wars policy in Syria. So you better believe that now that Bibi is prime minister once again, he's going to ramp up attacks against Iran in Syria once again. Again, this is crucial to Israel's national security and to its existence. And Israel has struck with Russia in Syria, what Israel and Russia call a deconfliction mechanism, meaning Russia essentially stands aside and allows Israel to operate freely within Syria against Iran. And I'm sure Israel gives Russia a heads up in most cases before it acts in Syria. Now, you have to believe, seeing as though Russia is closely aligned with Iran and Hezbollah, you have to believe that that deconfliction mechanism is always in jeopardy. Israel has that in mind. And as it scans the geopolitical landscape, the Ukraine-Russia situation, Israel says, "Look, our hearts are with Ukraine, but we also have to be smart here and not anger Putin and get on the bad side of Russia." And then all of a sudden, things in Syria become very difficult for us. So, I'd love to hear your take on that in the comments, what you think of Israel's strategy there and that delicate balance they have tried to strike. They haven't pleased anyone. Russia's been mad whenever Israel has supplied any kind of aid to Ukraine, and Ukraine's been angry because they believe Israel hasn't supplied enough aid, as I mentioned in particular, military aid. So, it will be interesting to see. Now, Ellie Cohen visiting Ukraine, it's going to happen soon, apparently, reopening the embassy. How will Russia react? Folks, I think you can predict they're going to be none too happy. And there may be some scathing public statements from Vladimir Putin's regime uh, against Israel. Big question, the timing. Why now? Why now does Eli Cohen say, hey, I'm going to visit Ukraine and we're going to, it seems like, kind of solidify the, the relationship with Ukraine. Why now? I think the main reason is really simple. And Eli Cohen reportedly discussed this on the phone today with his Ukrainian counterpart. Israel is trying to build European support against Iran. Remember, Iran and Russia, as we detailed again on yesterday's live stream, closely aligned in every way, in particular, a growing and dangerous military alliance where, as we reported yesterday, Russia is now set to supply Iran with 24 advanced fighter jets in a few months. At the same time, Iran has equipped Russia with more than 2,000 attack drones that Russia has used in Ukraine. That's a growing relationship, a prophetic relationship, if you think of Ezekiel 38 and 39, that war of Gog and Magog. Uh, At the same time, Europe is strongly considering, as we reported on the newscast, I believe on Monday, Europe is strongly considering designating Iran's Islamic Revolutionary Guards Corps as a terrorist organization. So, I get the sense that what Israel is doing right now with Ukraine is saying to Ukraine, hey, you need to line up with us against Iran, and in particular, push your European allies, Ukraine, NATO, the EU, to do it, to make the jump and to designate Iran's Revolutionary Guards Corps, to abandon any thought of a nuclear deal with Iran, and to enforce new sanctions, perhaps. So, I think that is some of the rationale be- behind Israel's move here. But the bottom line, folks, again, Russia will not be happy. And I believe Russia and Israel are on a diplomatic collision course. They have been for months. We've seen the unraveling in real time of that relationship, which I think, again, has prophetic implications. This is no surprise if you're a prophecy watcher that Russia and Israel eventually will not be chummy, to say the least. The one thing, the one factor right now that could at least stave that off for a little bit, perhaps for a few years, who knows? is the relationship, the personal relationship between Benjamin Netanyahu and Vladimir Putin. Now, that relationship goes back to 1999. Bibi, during his last go-round as prime minister, uh, visited Russia frequently to meet with Putin. And folks, again, it was all about Syria and that deconfliction mechanism and maintaining that So you have to think that Bibi, now that he's back in office, obviously the landscape has changed. Putin is kind of a a global pariah now over what he's done in Ukraine. So it's going to be interesting to see how Bibi handles that. It's been a a cordial and, and a positive working relationship over the past few decades. Could that potentially stave off, at least for a time, that coming diplomatic collision course, a collision course that eventually... Uh, will lead Russia down to the mountains of Israel if the prophet Ezekiel is any indication. So we're watching all that very closely, folks. One last thing to mention along those lines, Dmitry Medvedev, he's in the news once again, the former Russian president, very close ally of Vladimir Putin today, said that if Russia were to lose its conventional war in Ukraine, he said, look, a nuclear power has never lost a war. So if we were to or if we were on the verge of losing in Ukraine in a conventional sense, then that could very well lead to nuclear war, meaning we're not going down. We're not going to go down lying down, Medvedev is saying we're going to go out in a blaze uh, and it could very well be a nuclear blaze, not sensationalism, not alarmism. I'm just repeating what Russian leaders are saying. Dmitry Medvedev sits on the Russian National Security Council. He's very close to Vladimir Putin. He's been waving or rattling the nuclear saber for months now, folks. And uh, I don't think it's a bluff. And I don't think it's just bluster for domestic and global consumption. I believe if Russia was really, I mean really on the ropes and looked like things were really, there was no chance of them winning this thing, uh, then... God forbid, a tactical nuclear weapon. I think these things are on the table, I'm sad to say. We pray that's not the case, but I'll just close by saying Western leaders who think it's all just a bluff and bluster, I think they should take the Russian regime very seriously right now. When it comes to this, we're at a very dangerous moment, folks. The good news is, the great news is, the good news, the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. We know that God Almighty still sits on the throne. I'm going to follow Jesus through the storm and I'll leave all the consequences to him. And I know that he is in control as the waves are crashing. The the winds are roaring against the boat. Jesus is in the boat with me. And certainly, man, that gives me the strength, the hope, the encouragement to keep going. Thanks so much for joining us here today on the Watchman Newscast. Until tomorrow, God bless you. And remember, never hold your peace.